0: Welcome to My Bible Study, a verse-by-verse devotional study through the Bible with Pastor Bob Thibodeau. In this unique series, Pastor Bob takes you through the Bible just a few verses at a time. No preaching, just a simple Bible reading with examples and explanations of the meaning behind the scriptures. My Bible Study will take you from Genesis chapter 1 all the way through the book of Revelation. Now, here is Pastor Bob Thibodeau.
1: Four, verse 7 if you do well shall you not be accepted right that's what the Lord asked him look you know don't get mad just fix what's wrong because if you do well next time we're good that phrase if you do well shall you not be accepted that is if if you do your works well in general do you do your good works in a right way? In a right manner, according to God's will, and direct what you're doing towards his glory with the right motive, the right principles behind it, with the right views. If you do your works well, it says it, that is a very specific term. If you do your works well, think about that. I, Now, if you're a good boy, you're going to get an ice cream cone later today. No, we're not talking about that. He says, if you do your works right, you do them well, you do them with the right motivation, you'll be accepted. That's what God's trying to communicate to him here. It's not merely talking about doing good work, but doing good work well, which is acceptable to God. That's why I love the saying, and I've used this for, gosh, decades Do what's right, because it's right, and then do it right. Do what's right. Do what you're supposed to do. Do it because it's right to do. And then while you're doing it, do it right. So you don't have to go back and redo it later. If you do it right the first time, it saves you the time and effort of having to go back and fix what was wrong and doing it again. Right? Right? Don't shut me down when I'm preaching good. So do what's right because it's right, then do it right. That's what God's communicating here to Cain, right? In regard to the sacrifice, if you do your offering well or you rightly offer, as the Septuagint explains, offer not only what is materially good and proper to be offered, but do it in a right way, in a, with a right attitude, in obedience to God's divine will, From your love to God, I guess you could say, and your true devotion to him, bring your offering in faith like that of the promised coming seed, as we talked about over in Genesis chapter 2, with a view to his sacrifice for atonement and acceptance, then your offering will be well pleasing and acceptable. That's what God is trying to get across the Cain here. Now, some will render the latter part of the clause which is uh but one word in the original text here it says uh, there will be a lifting up of either the continents of, of the offer, you know, the, the attitude, the face, the appearance of, of the person giving the offering. So, if Cain had done well, his continence would not have fallen. He knew he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. And when God called him out on it, he was embarrassed. His countenance fell. But if he gives a good offering in a right manner, that his countenance be cheerful as it was before. Before the sin. And the offering is actually a pardon for his sin. When, When Cain committed the sin, the offering was supposed to erase it. God was going to accept the offering in place of his sin. Instead, he gave a sinful offering. And did not receive a pardon. It's often expressed as a a taking away or a lifting up, a burying it away, so of easing a man of his burden. That's where you get the the paraphrase, your sin shall be forgiven you." you. When Jesus made that complete offering, God accepted the complete offering for our sin. And when we receive Jesus into our heart, when we receive his offering, that was presented to God once and for all, and God receives us because of that offering, your sins shall be forgiven thee. Praise the Lord. Amen. Shout amen, somebody. Glory to God. And God gives a warning. He said, if you are not going to do this well, remember he said, if you do well, you offer it with the right attitude, right offering, with the right attitude, right motivation, then your sins will be forgiven you. And it will be accepted. But if you do not do well, he says, sin lies at the door. If you do not do good works, if you do not give an offering as it's supposed to be offered, sin will lie at the door of your conscience. And as soon as that is awakened and opened, it will enter in and make things worse. That's basically what he's saying. And it did. Genesis 4 verse 13 For the door Is open And sin Will manifest in your life And you receive punishment For the sin that you commit And the sin that you let into your life Or else the punishment of sin itself Is meant which lies at the door It's at hand It will soon be executed Some render the word a sin offering. And and sometimes called that. And then the sense is that though he had sinned. And had done something wrong. In the offering he had offered. Nevertheless there was a a sacrifice for sin provided. So he had been good. It was right there. It was available. It was at a hand. But he didn't offer it with that attitude. And so the offering was rejected, which means God was rejecting him in his approach to God. And that's why his countenance fell. For he looked, if, if Cain looked to that sacrifice that he brought to God as his way of expressing his love for God, and God accepted it on those grounds. He could have looked by faith at that sacrifice and find pardon and acceptance for everything that he had done. And that's the best. That's what God wants. Amen. And it says here, Unto you shall be his desire. Talking about sin here. Sin's lying at the door. And you know that shall be you'll be unto his desire. Let, let's read that. Verse 7. If you do well, shall you not be accepted? If you don't do well, sin lies at the door, and unto you shall be his desire, the devil's desire for you in sin, and you shall rule over him. If you do not do well, sin will take over, is what he's trying to say. Sin's desire was to get in. To get into Cain's heart and entice and persuade him to do evil. And sin wanted to prevail and to rule over Cain and use him for evil purposes. But God's telling him, don't give in to it. But Cain gives way to his anger And in verse 8, he says, And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field, that Cain rose up against Abel his brother and killed him. He killed his brother. And the premeditation in that, he had to have lured him out into the field. Hey, you know, brother... We haven't been together in a long time. Let's take a walk. Let's take a walk out in the field. Now, where's the sheep at? Right, the sheep herds and all that. Where does Cain work at? Out in the fields. You know, let's take a walk out in the field. Nobody would notice. Re ground. You know, that's what Cain would do. Would till the ground. So you know, fresh dirt turned over over there. Nobody would know that. His brother would be buried there. He went out there with premeditation on his mind. And he rose up and killed his brother. And then he covered up the crime. And a little later, the Lord said to Cain, where's Abel, your brother? Maybe this was the next time they came to do an offering. Maybe it was a weekly thing. I don't know. The scripture doesn't say. But since Abel wasn't with him, it was a valid question. I don't know why Adam and Eve didn't ask where you know, Abel was at. It doesn't say. It says God confronted Cain. And this question is being put forth not as being ignorant of where he was. God knew exactly what had happened. as it had. He knew it was going to happen before it happened. But he's trying to bring Cain to a position of conviction and and confession of his sin, to touch his conscience with it. You know, you have a kid, one of your children that takes something from you. Could be, you know, took a dollar out of the purse. It could be took a, a sucker out of the, the display case at the store, and you're in the car, and the kid's eating the sucker. You're like, where'd you get that sucker? There. That's what Cain is doing right here. He says, uh, where's Abel? Cain's like, uh, right? Because he, his conscience was seared. That's what God's trying to just say, you know, look, I, I accidentally killed my brother. You know, something like that. But instead, he tries to turn it around. He tries to accuse God of not being God. Listen to it. God's trying to get him to have remorse. And Abel turns to him and says, I don't know where he's at. I mean, that's a lie. He knew right where he had left him and buried him. This shows him to be under the influence of Satan, who's a liar and the father of lies. And now Cain is lying directly to God's face. Now he's a murderer. The devil's a murderer from the beginning as well, and now Cain is a murderer among people. He was so blinded by Satan, he forgot to whom he was speaking. God Almighty that knows everything, the all-knowing God. God knew what had happened. God knew the wickedness that he had done. And God knew he was lying directly to his face. And he was confronting him on both of them. And instead of saying, God, I'm sorry. no. Instead, he, he turns around and says, am I my brother's keeper? I don't know where my brother's at. Am I my brother's keeper? I mean, that was very, I guess you could say, arrogantly spoken. It'd be that type of attitude. Cain, where is Abel? I don't know where Abel is. Am I my brother's keeper? That type of attitude, Right. It was put in a way of interrogation. But how can I explain this? He was, he knew God knew, put it like that. He knew God knew that he knew that God knew where Abel was at and what had happened. But he didn't want to admit it. So he tries to deflect God. It says, you know, am I my brother's keeper? I thought you knew everything. You should know where he's at, right? He didn't want it. He didn't want to be questioned by God, put it like that. And since he knew that he didn't have charge of his brother, and his brother was age and old enough to take care of himself, then he belonged to God. And it was God's providence to take care of him, not him. Right, that's that's what he's trying to say. Say, why are you asking me? You're God. You're supposed to take care of them. That again elevates Cain to a position of being over God. Is what he's trying to do, and he's trying to make God feel subordinate in this situation. He says, Why are you asking me? I thought you knew everything. Am I my brother's keeper? Am I God here? I'm not the one that's supposed to take care of him. You're supposed to take care of him. He's turning it around on God now. He was so hardened by his iniquity and his sin that he had stretched out his hand against his brother, and now he was stretching it out against God by lying to his face. Amen. Don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. Praise the Lord. Then God responds Listen to this. Listen. Your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. Your brother's blood is crying out to me from the ground. And he says, from now on, the ground is cursed because of your sake. Your, the ground has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. And when you till the ground, it will no longer yield to you its strength. You will be a fugitive and a wanderer on the earth. Think about that. Cain, think about what he said here. That Cain, the last speaker, the Lord God, he says, what have you done? What did you do? He's giving him another chance to confess his sin. What a heinous crime have you committed? How aggravated were you with your brother that you did this? I know what you did, is what God's telling. I know what you did. You've killed your brother, your own brother, your only brother, a holy, righteous man, a good man, who never gave you any offense or any occasion and any reason for shedding his innocent blood. You did this, Cain. And Cain's conscience is knowing this. God spoke this because he said he knew what Cain had done. And God was still trying to put him into a position to press his mind with the sense of evil to bring him to confess it before sentence was
0: passed
1: that it might appear just. There was full proof and evidence of the crime because God says the voice of your brother's blood cries to me from the ground.
0: Thank you for joining Pastor Bob as he leads you verse-by-verse through the Bible in this series called My Bible Study. We pray this study will bring you closer to God and reveal His Word and His will for you through the Scriptures. We would consider it an honor and a blessing if you would support this outreach with your financial offerings. We have partnered with Patreon to offer you unique gifts and benefits for various levels of giving please visit our page on Patreon by going to patreon.com forward slash mybiblestudypodcast, all one word. That link again is patreon.com forward slash mybiblestudypodcast, all one word. Until next time, be blessed in all that you do.